And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello, welcome to another hot of the press shout out. It's still glowing and covered in glitter. Uh, this week, Hadaya, take a look at Eid. Grinder, the opera. No, I won't deny that sounds very interesting. The Just Like Us podcast. Uh, and Terry takes a look at mental health awareness. We're trying to squeeze in a few tracks and this week's LGBTQ news. Uh, all right, here in the next hour on Shout Out with me, Andy Shilton, Steph Barnett, and the rest of the team. everyone how are we all yes hello terry hello there how are you i'm good i'm good mate you enjoying the sunshine underneath your stairs there with matt damon absolutely (laughs) beautiful there are little shafts of light coming through the bars on the window and um it looks really really pleasant pity pity that only i'm allowed out and um I have to say, I think you've been one up this week because um, um, Tara's got a new addition to her household, I believe. Yeah, I've got, mm. I've got a new dog. Yeah, Ooh, after, after six, seven months, I decided to. You know, my last dog died just a couple of days after my birthday, so I've got a new lab. Oh, have you? Uh, has it got? Uh, has it got a name yet? She's called Binky, so she was called Binky, Binky. when I got her. So she's three year old, and it's like I didn't see sense in changing her name. She knows what her name is. We've got oh, her yes. name. I like the name That's Binky. It's a nice name. Yeah. So yeah. It reminds me of Andy. Hello, Andy. Hello. <laughs> I'm not sure where Binky and me come in the same sentence. Um, <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> I was going to say this. This might be slightly embarrassing. <laughs> but yes, I'm, I'm well. I hope everyone else is very well too. Yeah. So the weather's so, taking a turn yes. for the good, isn't it? It's nice it's warming back up again. Yes. So. Nice to, nice to be able to, to drive around with the roof down and enjoy the sunshine. Yeah, yeah. And you're allowed out a lot more now as well, which is quite cool. Yes. So you can actually get the sunshine too. This is Hint, true. hint, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to get at? Well, you look quite white on this screen. It's <laughs> Don't wake out notice, a lot, actually. Notice the curtains are always drawn there. What? Uh, something she's not telling us. You know. it's, uh, as long as there is no. a red light there, you're fine. No, I don't switch that on until it's dark, Andy. <laughs> I don't want customers coming down the road when uh, too early. Oh, now you set her off. <laughs> but you live in a cul-de-sac. And there's only so long I can wear those six-inch red stilettos. Have you, have so you got one painful. of them plants with the big, tall... Um, um, bushy things out the front. Pampas grass. Yeah, so that's called Pampas grass. How do you know that? <laughs> that's a very Because it's very popular thing. in the seventies. That's all I need to say. <laughs> Careful, Tara. Seventies swingers parties, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, Andy, you're not supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, very packed show coming up today, mm. um, and uh, a few blasts in the past with the music too, Steph. I thought so too. Um, But uh, first off, um, it's time to catch up with Hadaya, who are taking a look at Eid. We are so very excited. Ramadan is about to close. We can see the the finishing line 
and we are about to celebrate Eid, one of the biggest Muslim festivals of the year. We have two Eids in the year. Um, the first comes after a whole month of fasting, which is coming up, called Eid al-Fitr. And the second one, which is an even bigger Eid, is called Eid al-Adha. And that is that comes after the holy pilgrimage has taken place, um, which is approximately about 40 days away from this Eid that's coming up. If you're anything like my family, there is a lot of swag, a lot of bling, and a lot of food. People choose to celebrate Eid in a different way, so it really depends on the kind of family or the culture that you come from. Um, as you may know, um, the Muslim community is quite diverse um, in terms of their ethnic origins, as well as their cultural kind of influences or from different parts of the world. My parents are from a South Asian background. Um, they are Pakistani. We celebrate Eid in this particular way that I'm going to explain now. So the important aspects are that you don't fast, um, during the celebration. The celebration lasts over three days and the first day is uh, probably the most important one. But as you can't always see your friends and family, it gives you a period of time to be able to enjoy and do that. And we do. <laughs> so you don't fast and instead you fill the day with a lot of sweet items. And one of the things that I remember about Eid growing up is smelling a dish that my mum would cook in the morning, really early in the morning, called semia. And that is vermicelli pasta mixed in kind of boiled milk and sugar. And it is delicious. It's very quick to make. Um, it's usually garnished with a lot of pistachios, um, which I absolutely love. But definitely, if you come to my parents' house, then that will be served for you as the first thing. Um, so a lot of sweet items. The other thing that we really concentrate on and eat is um, to look our best. And this is where all the swag comes out. People try to be eccentric for the occasion. Some people go traditional routes, um, other people go into a very Islamic route. My family tend to have an eclectic mix, you know, so I remember times where my dad would buy a new pair of jeans for Eid and we're like, what are you doing? And then other days, uh, other Eids, um, you know, my mum would dress us up as, growing up, we'd dress up as a traditional, uh, we'd wear traditional kind of Pakistani clothes. It just, it depends on the kind of mood that your family's in i think this year being very special we're not going to be able to do that so uh, as in meet each other and really discuss and decide what we're going to wear so we've been talking over a video conferencing platform and deciding that actually what we're going to do is we're going to put on a really nice top and have a meal together on the day and also uh, play a game together so that will this dynamic has changed the way that we are going to celebrate but we are going to do it and the other thing that we do is we give gifts uh, during Eid and it's usually aimed for the younger kids who have tried to to, you know do a fast and uh, they have you know partaken in Ramadan so to celebrate them but actually in my family in particular what we have done um, growing up in the UK we've kind of adopted a Christmas approach to it where we do a secret Santa kind of thing for Eid um, there's six of us in my family we put everyone's name in a hat we take it out and we decide uh, an amount that we're going to spend for that particular Eid and it is a lot of fun doing it that way because you don't know who's going to get your gift and you don't know what you're going to get and sometimes Sometimes it could be really, really, okay, I'm not going to say that word, but it, it, it's just a really fun way to celebrate instead of just handing cash to kids like we did when we were, you know, growing up.
For me, I would say probably the most important part of Eid, or even the run-up to Eid, is paying zakat, which is obligatory for all able Muslims to do, and that is basically to give charity. Now, that charity is in form of money, in terms of food, or um, spending time with somebody, saying nice words to people, etc. Usually, uh, Muslims calculate it in terms of money or your wealth, so you get a, give a percentage of that during this time for people that are needy around the world those are impoverished or people that need it in the local community that you can help out and it's a great way to kind of spread the wealth across the the people in your community so zakat plays a really important part the fact that uh, you go and pray in the morning which is a, a very special prayer uh, for eid it's in addition to the five daily prayers that Muslims perform and usually go with your whole family to the mosque. And in my case, in London, it's either Regent's Park Mosque or East London Mosque, somewhere big, somewhere where you can feel like there's a big sense of community. Other years I've gone to smaller mosques, which have been really interesting because you don't get that, that sense of kind of um, bigger community that you are involved in in the UK. Um, so we tend to go to bigger ones. Um, and it really depends how the day kind of pans out. And as I've got older, I think it's been more enjoyable with my brothers and sisters where we would celebrate for the family and then in the evening what we would decide to do is to do something together. So we would either go out, you know, just uh, our siblings or my, I ask our cousins to come along. We might just go to a, uh, a cafe to have something to drink. Uh, we might go out to a dessert bar we might go into a place that we where, where we can dance. It just kind of depends on the mood that we're in. Um, but it's a way to celebrate and spend time together. And that is the, the real essence of Eid. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 21st of May. An important ally of the LGBTQ communities, Richard Friedman, has passed on at the age of 79. Mr Friedman felt that even after the formal declassification of homosexuality as a prima facie mental health disorder, which took place way back in 1973, some psychologists continued to problematise it in therapy. Mr Friedman, who was married and heterosexual, said that these practitioners were causing problems where there should be none and believed strongly that both gay and straight people could suffer from a wide variety of mental issues unconnected to sexuality. His wife, social worker and professor Susan Matterin, elaborated on this, saying straight people had the same personality issues and they got away with murder, but gay people were stigmatised and he didn't think that was right. As an experienced psychoanalyst, Mr Friedman wrote a key book in 1988, simply called Male Homosexuality. Although written about gay men in the first instance, the book ultimately went on to liberate lesbians and bisexual people, as well as from now discredited forms of analysis which assumed that heterosexuality is the only valid form of identity. Later in his career, Mr Friedman would be appointed a professor at a college and a faculty member of Columbia University. The advocate 
advocate also notes that Mr. Friedman's influence has also helped millions of other people indirectly. He was the psychoanalyst for a gay man called Andrew Solomon, whose own book, The Noonday Demon, on the subject of depression, has been a source of inspiration to people since its publication in 2002. Mr. Solomon was among those telling media reporters of the clarity and brilliance of Mr. Friedman. That's psychoanalyst Dr. Richard Friedman, who has passed on at the age of 79. It's Mental Health Week. Here in the UK, we are slap bang in the middle of an annual week of initiative and celebrations that aims to promote better mental well-being and emotional resilience. For all minority communities, including ours, this is of particular importance. Sociologists have have long noted how sometimes the stress of being misrepresented or subject to hostile attitudes can impact on a person's self-image and mental well-being. This year, the Mental Health Foundation that coordinates the week in Britain has chosen as its theme kindness. It may sound paradoxical, but psychologists have long noticed that if you offer support to other people or perform an act of kindness, even if it's just making someone a cup of tea, then you release feel-good endorphins in the brain. Humans are biologically programmed to be in groups, and although there are some people who prefer their own company, for the overwhelming majority of us, The company of other humans, and indeed animal companions, is essential for their well-being. One local mental health charity, Second Step, blogged as follows. When we do something kind, hormones are released into our bodies that make us feel good, happy and content. So important is kindness and performing kind acts for others that the government's own advisory panel on mental health has identified it as a key component in recovery and well-being. LGBTQ people are often altruistic in our nature. The COVID-19 pandemic has shown how LGBT activist groups and health campaigners have been prepared to link up with other organisations to make a big difference in their geographical areas, whether it be ACT UP and gay men's health crisis in the States working on issues of homelessness, or local networks in the UK getting involved in providing food parcels for the needy. The cultural theorist David Nimmons, in his 2002 book The Soul Beneath the Skin, praised the LGBTQ community for its preparedness to get involved in community politics. So... When you are about your business this coming bank holiday weekend, why not make a point of spreading a little of your kindness to other people, even if it's just saying hello to a neighbour over the front gate or someone who is also queuing for the supermarket. Be kind and feel good. This weekend we'll see the Islamic feast of Eid al-Fatir, one of the most important occasions in the Islamic calendar. The lunar date, which falls this Sunday, the 24th of May, will mark the start of the months of Shawwal and the end of Ramadan. LGBTQ Muslim groups such as Imam and Hidayat, along with the wider Muslim population, will be offering their greetings to all as the period of fasting and reflection at Ramadan draws to a close for another year. The day usually starts with groups of family and friends attending mosque for morning worship and then later in the day there is a large feast. Gifts and cards are exchanged and for children there are often presents. So this time of year can be a little like Christmas. It's also customary for Muslims to visit the graves of ancestors and those who have passed on at this time of year. Eid al-Fatir is called the Sweet Eid because the feast features a large variety of sweet dishes. Next year, the Islamic month of Ramadan will commence at sunset on Tuesday the 13th of April. So we wish an Eid Mubarak to all our Muslim friends. And with this Eid falling on a bank holiday, we hope you all have a splendid time. And for those news stories and more, you can always check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt.
For Shout Out News, this has been Matthew Tosh. I'm Terry Starr. Shout Out News. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout Out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Now, the medium of opera goes back as far as the 16th century. But when it comes to online dating apps, their origins are very much embedded in the 21st century. Now, you might think they're two unlikely bedfellows. Well, think again, uh, because composer and lyricist Eric Ransom has put together Grinder the Opera, and it was eventually staged back in 2018. It won an offie last year. The cast recording is now out and it's headed to Broadway and I've got the show's producer Peter Bull here with me right now. Hello Peter. Hello Ivan, how are you? I'm great and do you know what it's lovely to uh, have you on the show here today. Um, before we talk about Grind of the Opera tell me a little bit about yourself because um, you've done you've done loads of stuff over the years haven't you? I've been around for a while. I was originally from Australia and I worked in theatre there Um lots of shows back in the last century. Uh, moved to London quite some time ago and fell straight back into theatre again. And in the last 10, 15 years, I've produced well over 100 off West End shows. Yeah. So um, blow my own trumpet, most of them successfully. <laughs> you always get the one dud occasionally, but there you go. Well, yeah, and, <laughs> um, and the success is obviously as to how many people come and see the show. And I, I yeah, guess, exactly. and sometimes it, it's the best show you've ever done can be the one that you know nobody wants to see. But that's the, the producer takes that risk. So. Indeed. So, where did you get the idea to create this opera around a dating app? And, and and I guess we should point out that it is a gay male dating app we're talking about, isn't it? Yep, it, it is. Uh, Grinder the Opera, which, um, funny enough, I'm not even on Grinder. I'm too old for all that nonsense. Uh, I became aware of the show that, that it was being created in, in the States. So I contacted the author and said, What's happening with it? And can I do it in London? These things take time. 12 months later, we, we finally opened the show. Not realizing how successful it would be. I mean, the music is glorious, the book is, is fabulous. The show was very successful. Uh, so we ran it for 10 weeks, sold out 10 weeks, and then brought it back uh, at the beginning of last year for a further five-week run. And, and then we won the Offy, the Off West End Award for the Best New Musical. I'll ask, which, you, I'll ask you about that in a minute. Um, but mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about the, the plot. I'm, I'm assuming, is it an all-male cast? It's an all-male cast, yeah. Uh, there's, there's five characters. There's the character of Grinder, who was originally written to, to be a woman... Uh, a female part, and then Eric decided it was going to be a drag queen. And when I got hold of it, I said, I didn't like the idea. I said, Grinder should be androgynous. It should be totally androgynous character, uh, which is how what we made. And it worked very well that way. And, and it could be played by a woman, but it, we, we played it with a counter a tenor male. Uh, and then there's four other characters who interact in it. And I added two little minions for Grinder. I had the idea that with Grindr the Opera or with any app uh, or, or technology, you are always being watched. Um, you know, your, your phone's got a tracking device on it. So I said, I wanted these Grindr's minions when, when they are always on stage. Uh, 
and they're always observing the action, what's going on. It also boosted the vocals <laughs> and, and then gave me two understudies, which we had to use once. So, yeah, there was, there was a method in my madness as well. So it's got but, these uh, quite yeah, a, Orwellian undertones then. Yes, yeah, it is. Well, when I say, it's that, 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 you know, if, if you, even on your iPhone, Google knows where you are, what you're doing. Yeah, you're all, so with Grindr, if you met somebody, everything is tracked. You know, I've always... I say to these young actors, stuff they put online, say, you know, it's all very well deleting it. It is still there somewhere. So that, yeah, um, there's, there's definitely lessons to be learned. Like. Lessons to be learned. Yeah, and, and funny, well, Grind the Opera does, does bring that into it. The, the characters interact and it all goes horribly wrong, of course, at one point. I won't give away the whole plot. No, don't. Uh, but I, I'm going to assume it's quite raunchy, though. It, it, well, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the things that I, I loved about it, uh, initially I thought, you know, oh God, what is this show going to be like? And I think that one of the reasons it was so successful is a lot of people came to see it thinking, God, I've got to see this. It's really going to be awful. It's trashy. And they get there and they're very pleasantly surprised. The music is fabulous. Uh, the lyrics are filthy. It's along the lines of Jerry Springer, the opera. Uh, and, and there's nothing more glorious than hearing absolute filth sung in opera. You know, and I, I guess obviously not one for the children, and then maybe not one for the, no, maybe well, not one for the grandparents either. But well, but. F- funnily enough, the actors, you know, they, 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 their mothers came to see it, and of course they loved straight women loved it. And then we had one who said she was divorced, and she said. This is the story of my life. I'm on Tinder. This is exactly my life I'm seeing well, on stage. Well, this know? is the thing, so, isn't it? it, it, it because yeah. it does it does translate to, to everybody. So it's not, you know, even if you're a gay man, if you're a heterosexual male or a heterosexual woman or you're non-binary or whatever, I guess I guess you could see yourself in in these scenarios, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we um that, that was the feedback we got. It was that straight people came to see it. Uh, and they said, yes, that's exactly what happens. It happens on Tinder as well. Yeah, it's, all, it's always a risk, is it, when you're putting on something <laughs> like this? And, and it, it obviously went down well with audiences. Did it sell yeah. out? It sold out. Yeah, so, so much so we bought it back. It did phenomenally well. Uh, and plan is to, to open it again and hopefully tour it in this country. Obviously, the current situation, the pandemic, everything's on hold. And <laughs> as, it, as, as the New York rum, which is a different producer over there, but I'm involved with them. Uh, they were supposed to open this June. Well, that's, I think it'll be June 2021 at this rate. So um, who knows? I mean, Broadway is shut. So. Indeed. Yeah. So that, that's all on hold and, and a possible UK run is on hold. Um, but you, uh, you, you mentioned you, you won an Offy. Uh, it won best, uh, best musical. Is that right? Best, best new musical. Best new musical. You must be really proud about that. It, it, it was, well, it was a complete surprise. We were up against a, a, another musical, which, Sadly, never made opening night in New York. It will open at um, six, but they, they had to close because of coronavirus on their opening night, which is very sad. But six is a phenomenally successful show. Started in the Edinburgh Fringe. It's being run at the Arts Theatre. It's on tour. So, so that was uh, up against us for Best New Musical. My goodness, thought, because that has been extremely popular. Phenomenally pop, um, um, successful. Uh, and we thought, we don't have a hell in, chance in hell of winning this thing. And we had a show that night and... I, I said to the manager, do you want to go? I said, I want to go. I'd be humiliated. He said, I don't want to go. And I said to the director, will you go? He said, I don't want to go. You know, we're, we're just going to be humiliated. We're not going to win the damn thing. So so none, none we, of you went? None of you turned so none of us went. None of us went. Um, and next, it was, it was the interval of our show, which was, I was, I'm going to watch the show, you know, and pretend the off, offies aren't happening. Uh, and we got this tweet. We'd won Best New Musical. And all my friends, people in the industry, you've won Best New Musical. Where are you? 
someone at the theatre actually watching the show. Uh, so it was, it was sort of funny, uh, yeah, because we just we were the underdog and nobody expected us to win. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure our, the, especially ourselves. The champagne uh, corks must have been popping after the show that night. It, that it, case. it, it, it was. We had a yeah. We did an announcement and um, had a, a very late night with the boys that night. It was a Sunday night, yeah, after the show. So we had a bit of a lock in. Now, uh, sadly, it's not on stage at the moment, but the cast album is now out, isn't it? Um, is it yes. a live recording or is it a studio album? It's studio recording. We went into the studio the end of last year. We spent three very long days uh, at a big professional recording studio in London. Day one, we did 12 hours with the band, putting the tracks down. And then the following two days, we, we had the cast in. Um, you, you know, when you listen to a cast album, you imagine they all just turn up and sing through the show and that's that. <laughs> It's a lot of takes, and, and, and of course, you don't record it in sequence either. There's, you know, and, and we were having to juggle. One of our actors, Ryan Anderson, was in um, West Side Story up in Leicester. So he was only available one day. So we had to do all of his tracks on one day and fit in, fit in around. There was other actors you know, doing other jobs at that time. So we were, were juggling people to get it to, to work. But, um, yep, and then we, we, we had it mastered, and it... it brings out the entire essence of the show. It is, it is the entire show recorded because there's no spoken words in it at all. The whole it's, thing is It's sung. a proper opera. And it's it a is. proper opera. We've recorded everything from you know, the first note to the last note. Everything is in there. It's not an abridged, abridged album at all. It's a, a complete recording. And it's available in all the usual places, iTunes and Amazon, etc. Amazon, it, iTunes, all those sorts of things, yeah. The, we haven't released hard copy CDs as yet. Once the tour gets going, we would have those available and... Obviously, for New York, we would have those available for those who wanted them on CDs. But at the moment, it's just only online. This is a difficult question at the moment because of obviously the pandemic's going on. But you know, there's always when I've spoken to artists um, over the last few weeks, they've always got a lot, lot of things going on in the background, even if they can't actually physically get out there and do stuff. Have you got stuff in the pipeline as well, Peter? Apart from <laughs> Grinder. Yes, well, we were. I'm at the King's Head Theatre now, and it was our opening night of Naked Boys Singing revival, uh, and London got shut down. So we never made press night. We had previews. So that's on. Um, as soon as things get back to normal or semi normal, that will reopen at the King's Head. Uh, and we were also taking seven shows to Edinburgh in August. Well, that's obviously all been called off, but we've rolled it over to next year. We've, we've got the same venue for next year for the seven shows, and that's. One of them was going to be at the King's Head opening last week, or that's not how which was Bathhouse the Musical. So we've got Naked Boy singing Bathhouse the Musical, Tickle the Musical, Boys in the Buff, Happy Ending, and the ballet Boy Toy. I can I can see a theme um, uh, building this up in my very, head. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, the, it's the fun. I mean, I have done a lot of I've done a lot of very serious plays in my time. I'm taking the fun ones to Edinburgh. I'm not taking I'm not taking Chekhov. I don't blame mm-hmm. you, and and I can't wait. You know, till all of this uh, pandemic etc is over, because uh, I should certainly uh, be up to the uh, to King's Head to see your next uh, production there, Peter. Peter, well, thank you so much uh, for talking to me today and uh, putting us all in the picture about. Grind of the Opera. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Just like us, for LGBT young people. everybody and welcome to the just like us podcast my name is arba and my pronouns are he him i'm here with my co-host ellie hi my name is ellie uh, my pronouns are they and them 
Now, obviously, these are very weird times that we're going through, but we just wanted to keep it up, speak about something quite happy and funny that we've done in the last week. Um, I've really gotten into baking. It's really quite strange. I feel like everybody, like, this is the same story with everyone. And I've been making, like, chocolate cakes and, and donuts and all kinds of stuff. What about you, Ellie? Any, any funny you're things me you've been so doing? hungry right now. Like, <laughs> I just had dinner, but I'm like, I could I could eat, like, a whole cake right now. Oh, yeah. I think that's, like, everyone's mood in lockdown is just, like how much food can I put into my mouth in one day? It's like Literally. a challenge. Yeah, I've I've been at the moment like not doing anything so productive, but mm. um, I mowed the lawn today. I got a big blister on my thumb actually from like, I don't even know how I did that, like holding the mower and like it hurt. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the grass was literally up to my knees. So like it really needed doing. So we're obviously in the month of May right now, but firstly, we just wanted to wish everybody a happy Lesbian Visibility Week. I think that was in the end of, um, at the end of April, I think it was on the 29th of April. So mm-hmm. we hope you had a good day. But this month, a very special day on May 17th is the International Day Against Homophobia, Biphobia and Transphobia. The day also marks the anniversary of the WHO removing homosexuality as its, as a classification of a mental illness from its categories. So this day is really important for us. But firstly, we wanted to focus on the kind of positive experiences we've had because of these very somewhat negative experiences. So focusing on the people, the institutions, celebrities, shows, whatever it may be that have provided some form of solace in times that weren't the best for us. So for you, Ellie, what kind of like, maybe it's a celebrity, maybe it's a TV show, whatever it may be, what kind of gives you positivity when you're experiencing emotions and feelings that aren't the best? Just a little thing that like I've been doing with like friends and family is we're having like regularly scheduled like online games, you know, doing a quiz together where we all bring a round of questions on like fun things not just like difficult intellectual stuff and I think that just really helps like even though it's not necessarily them being allies in a sense it's just like being able to be yourself around people um and kind of express yourself just when doing normal everyday stuff is really important that's a really good point actually I feel like that whole sense of normality was a really big issue for me because growing up obviously I come from uh kind of an ethnic minority culture where being LGBT plus really isn't spoken about and it's more so about kind of like it makes you feel like you're abnormal as a person and everything that you're going through is very singular and it's very specific to you and so for me a really good experience was you know one of the people around me that make me feel quite blessed for being an LGBT plus person is my best friend Habiba she's been very consistent in my life and the way that she kind of took my sexuality it was almost like a normal thing it was a very normal conversation that we had and I feel like that was probably the best kind of thing that could have been because a lot of the time everybody's gonna see you as like this different kind of thing and it's very othering sometimes so for me my best friend is definitely somebody that has played a, a key part in finding that sense of community that's really nice <laughs> yeah it's nice it's really nice to have a friend like that and I think those are the the people that stay in your life as well as those people that champion you on a personal level or those people that remain in your mind that you saw in the media championing people Mm. on a higher level people online such as Jamila Jamil Mm -hmm. or um, the Guilty Feminist podcast sort of using their fan base to bring up the voices of LGBT plus people and other minorities, bringing them into people's consciousness on a very personal level with sort of guests on their shows, posts on Instagram, and just bringing that issue into people's minds. And I think that's really how allies can help by elevating the voices of those who aren't being heard. 
Most definitely. And I think it's all about bringing awareness as well. Like personally coming from an environment and from a background, you know, my parents come from Kosovo and they come from a society that's not the most accepting of the LGBT plus people. And I speak to a lot of Kosovo LGBT plus people and they tell me about their experiences of simply not being able to follow somebody or a page on Instagram because they potentially would be outed by somebody in their external family member. And I feel like going back to, um, the initial topic of conversation, as in focusing on the allyship and allies that are around us. Although I may not have, you know, the best relationship with my family, I know that my family, you know, support me. And I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily have that. And so I just want to, um, I want to tell all LGBT plus people, if you feel like, you know, you have that ability to find that chosen family within the community. So we've received a couple of questions and um, currently it is a month of Ramadan and Muslims are observing fast. And one of the questions that we received is, can you be an LGBT plus person and be a person of faith or be a Muslim? Now, I come from a Muslim environment. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the most religious, but I do come from a Muslim background. So I just wanted to um, represent, you know, the Muslim community. And I just wanted to let everybody know who is Muslim or, or of any type of faith that nobody has a jurisdiction to define your faith for you. In Islam, for example, um, human beings don't have the right to judge any other people. So um, if you feel like you're a Muslim person and you're having like this internal battle, and I totally understand what you're going through, but you as a person, you're totally valid in your identity. You know, nobody has the right to take away those identities from you because like I said, spirituality is all about an internal connection that you have with the God and nobody, literally no one on this planet has the right to take that away from you. So of course you can be LGBT plus and be Muslim. Mm. And that, you know, there are many um, ambassadors that I've met who are LGBT plus and of various backgrounds and various faiths. And it really has kind of opened my eyes as mm. someone who before joining just like us, I hadn't really met that many LGBT plus people, let alone people from such a wide range of backgrounds, even just like different places in the UK. So like just kind of really knowing that there isn't one way of being LGBT plus um, and that there's LGBT plus people in every sector of religion, every piece of society. We're all over the place. We just pop up. It's great. We're everywhere. (laughs) Preach it, sister. Um, (laughs) You're listening to Just Like Us, the monthly show for LGBT young people. I'm glad Um, we kind of cheered it up at the end. This has been a very like serious episode, but we're still happy. We're still living our best lives. Um, in the as far as lockdown home, allows. Of course. Enjoying the new season of RuPaul. Are you watching it? Are you a RuPaul person? <laughs> it's, sad, it's bad to say, but I'm actually not. It's actually quite sad. I've never really watched it like that. I hope you have a good rest of the month. Just a reminder that you can follow Just Like Us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's at Just Like Us UK, or look for the hashtag JLU at home, or just search Just Like Us. So, yeah, guys, we wish everybody a very happy month, and we will see you next month. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Just Like Us, the monthly show for LGBT young people. The music was by Christerium. We come into schools too. Young people, teachers, and parents can find us at www.justlikeus.org. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you.
the Shout Out Podcast. There you go, cool. That's it. I think that's 1990, that track. That's uh, Too Unlimited and Get Ready for This. So you must oh. remember that one too, Matthew. Oh, I, I do, that. yeah. <laughs> I was at secondary school and um, I'm now feeling very old. I know, Thank yeah. You. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> nice and bouncy, though, to keep us all upbeat for the weekend. It is, yeah. Yeah, well, Definitely. it was a, it was a real classic, and who knew that they followed that with no lyrics? Yeah, <laughs> that's not not their best track, I have no, to say. So. It's anyway. minimalist music in a way, but uh, there. It was so it's difficult to learn the words, though. <laughs> <laughs> True. They're a, du- they're a Dutch band, aren't they? Uh, Too unlimited. Yeah, Dutch and he. Yeah. Well, I, I don't want to say he couldn't rap. It was always rumoured that he couldn't actually rap. Um, it was the same with Snap, wasn't it? Um, that was always rumoured that they couldn't. But then Snap has had so many different people do the rapping over the years because we met her at Pride. Um, do you remember last year, I think it was? Or the year before? Year yes. before, maybe. Yeah, yeah before. I think it was the year before. Um, I think my favourite bad... track tonight was uh, the Big Brother thing from Element 4. I liked that. Yes. Uh, but, but yeah, kind of like um earlier version of it, one of the first versions of it. It was the first version yeah. of it, yeah. Yeah, uh, classic one that one yeah. anyway um yeah. it is um mental health awareness week um and, it is um, um over to you uncle terry well um that's uh, slightly thrown me because uh, the, the images that are coming in my mind now when you said <laughs> uncle terry but nonetheless you are right it is um a week of awareness raising which happens across the uk and has happened since 2001 and is put together by the mental health foundation uh, which is an organisation, I'll read you what they uh, say about themselves, their mission statement is, um, we will drive change towards a mentally healthy society for all and support communities, families and individuals to live mentally healthier lives with a particular focus on those at greatest risk. So for one week each May, the uh, MHF, along with a lot of other Uh, campaigning organisations because there's lots and lots of different charities supporting people with lots of different mental health issues. They all come together and campaign around a specific theme which, as we mentioned in the news this year, is about kindness Um, and it's really quite rewarding I think um, that kindness is prevailing at the moment um, in spite of the very difficult times the world has been facing, you know, with Mm billions of people in lockdown and lots of uncertainty and lots of health concerns um it must make it even more important than ever right now i mean because i think even the world health organization is saying they're really concerned about um um uh, international uh crisis around mental health yeah i mean because people are living in a sort of situation which is quite unnatural for us i mean if you think about the lockdown um people are um evolved shall we say to to be very close to one another you know we are a tactile species we're a very social species everything we do isn't it everything eating relationships it's it's all with other people Mm. absolutely and and that you know is obviously going to be an issue and and of course people living in their own flats or houses or high rises or something sometimes with people who they don't get on with and this is something which does affect the LGBTQ communities perhaps a little more than some others is that some people are in a house uh, perhaps with parents that aren't terribly accepting of their gender identity or sexual orientation Mm. or perhaps there's issues I mean it happens in all 
uh, so parts it, did of society. I, did I say 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 in the news that um, you know you should do something nice like say hi well, to your neighbour or? Well, this is this is one way of building emotional resilience. I mean, it's not a cure for mental health problems, but what the Mental Health Foundation particularly is interested in is improving all of our emotional resilience, which is the way in which we deal with adverse situations and the way in which we interact with each other on a daily basis. And um, it, there are many definitions they say of what it means to be kind and sometimes kindness is entwined and related to concepts like empathy compassion and altruism but um, kindness has three main facets which is considering the feelings of others having everyday acceptance courtesy and love towards others and behaving honorably towards them and so uh, be a nice person yeah and last sure. year so, last year i mean if, poll, if, mm, if if someone's listening and you know that they, they are struggling a bit because they might be at home alone or, or having issues. I mean, who yeah. would you suggest they reach out to? Those particular organisations that even during lockdown can help? Well, I think most mental health organisations are carrying on providing a service through lockdown. Some are very, very much oversubscribed at the moment. I know that uh, SaneLine, which is organised by an organisation called Sane, uh, they, at the moment, you have to phone their line and they'll get back to you. Right. Uh, so that it's not an open phone line. But remember but also, that friends- if, if you can... Um give a friend a phone call give, give a relative a phone oh, it's, call it's, it's, yeah, yeah it's great it's great to talk to and, and you know talk to somebody uh, about your mental health issues sure. it, it's not going to be intimidating you know yeah. it's going to be something that people are going to really well, listen, do thank, thanks Terry um, no and, problem uh, at all if, if you if you are listening to your stuff check out our website there's both of the links in the website but that's it I'm afraid for this week your presenters this week were the show and myself, Stephanie Downs. Uh, the user was Terry Star. The show is made up of BCFM Studios. Oh, my God. BCFM Studios. It's much as we can. Uh, but you can find past shows at uh, shoutoutradio.com. Thank you, listeners. Thanks to all our partner stations. Uh, from myself and the rest of the team, those Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.